0: I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around, and now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are, how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, on this episode, we're going to talk about physical therapy, EBITDA multiples and valuations right now in 2023, moving into 2024 with a grain of salt. We're on the buy side. We are looking to do valuations and we want to partner or purchase some or all of your practice. And you might have a broker or advisor who obviously will want to maximize your purchase price. You want to sell for max value, top dollar, get as much as you can for the time and the effort that you put into your practice. We understand that. And then brokers and advisors might be a little more incentivized to inflate believe it or not, inflate the valuation of your practice because they might get 5 or 10% commission on your practice. Many brokers and advisors do that. Many of them are, at the same time, very even-keeled and provide appropriate and commensurate valuations for the strength and the value of your practice. Let's get into it. My name is Dave Kittle, physical therapist, owner of Concierge Pain Relief Home Physical Therapy here in New York City. and the CEO of the Fieldmaker Group, and we're speaking with practice owners about partnering and acquiring some or all their practice. And today, if you are listening on iTunes Spotify, jump over to the YouTube. I have a screen share here, a Google spreadsheet. Let's get into it right now. I'm going to share my screen, and we're going to fill out this spreadsheet right now. Again, revenue is not is not the biggest driver of valuations. The biggest driver here is. Adjusted EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization—a big fancy word that basically just means what is your free cash flow, what is your net margin, your profit margin of your practice after addbacks. We will, if we all sit down and sign an NDA and look at your financials, and we talk and all that, there's going to be some personal expenses on the balance on the business books potentially. Some practices operate that way and some don't. And if you have some, obviously we'll take that into consideration. Don't even worry about it. Your broker and advisor will help you with that. Your trips, your cell phone bills, all your personal stuff, personal cars that don't pertain to your practice, to your business. We're going to take those off. You're going to get credit for those that go back to the profit section of this valuation, which is this adjusted EBITDA column here in column B on the spreadsheet. And we're going to get into it. So this is what we're seeing. Now, of course, like I said, take this with a grain of salt. You could share this with your broker advisor. They will maybe have a, on the higher end of some of these, and obviously we want to be maybe on the lower end of some of these. Maybe we find some common ground in the middle. But basically this, if you're watching on YouTube, we're going to break it down. I'm going to fill this in right now about what are the potential multiples, that the specific number multiple that we will, or that your broker advisor might apply to your Adjusted EBITDA number. Your adjusted EBITDA number. It is what it is, folks. And if you want to raise it and improve it, it could take six months, maybe twelve months. In some cases, maybe eighteen to twenty-four months. It's basically the the cash flow of your practice. So, optimizing the you know ethically and morally and appropriately and professionally with following compliance and everything, maximizing the profitability of your practice. So that's a whole other episode about capacity and reimbursement and payment and all that other type of stuff that we talk about here on the show. But today, we're going to get into right now, if you have a practice and you're, let's say, I don't know, a couple million dollars in revenue, and you have X amount of adjusted EBITDA, what is your dollar amount that we're going to see right now? Where kind of what bucket you might fall into, and then what you can maybe expect that us or other buyers out there might put some, whether it's a 3, 4, 5x multiple, 7 and 8x multiple on that adjusted EBITDA dollar amount. From there, we're going to get to a valuation column here on in column D, but we're going to get into it right now. So let me uh, pull up my notes here just so we can stay on track and be as efficient as possible. All right. So let's get into it. Again, revenue is not the biggest driver because you could have a practice with a large amount of revenue and maybe only at 10% profit margin. And another practice could have a, a similar EBITDA number and have a different valuation because of the different profit margins. So we're going to get into all that right now. Let's just say on average for practice, we're going to start kind of in the range of of adjusted EBITDA number of $300,000 just for a starting point. So not always, but typically if you have a 20% profit margin, which not a lot of practices do, or not not many physical therapy practices do, some do, some are at 20, 25, maybe 30. And if you have less overhead and you're doing more home visits, maybe your profit margin is, is closer to 30%. Let's just say, and adjust the EBITDA number of $300,000. So this your net income after everything is, up, everything is paid, you know, payroll, marketing, taxes, everything is accounted for before taxes, excuse me, $300,000 adjust the EBITDA after the addbacks, after we remove your personal items from the, the business books. And just for round figures, let's say if you're in that range of $300,000, what I'm going to do is just multiply that by five. So that would be a practice that might be in the range of million in revenue. Again, there's always going to be a sliding scale depending on who's watching or listening and how their practice is operating. Just for argument's sake, let's just start with this practice. We're going to apply a 3X multiple. Now, again, your broker advisor might want a four or five, and then you might have buyers that offer you 2.5X multiple, right? So whatever, we're going to just kind of start here. Let's get into it. Adjust the EBITDA, $300,000 your practice or another practice, $1.5 million in top line revenue. Again, this revenue column in column A, we're going to ascend higher revenue as we go, obviously. But again, it's not the huge, it's not the biggest driver because there could be a practice that's doing $10 million in revenue and have 6% profit margin and a very small adjusted EBITDA number. And they will have a smaller valuation compared to a, a $10 million practice that has you know 20% margins, right? So Let's just say for the valuation sake of this practice that has $300,000 in adjusted EBITDA, $300,000 times three, and we're going to give that a practice, a valuation of $900,000. Now, you might not be happy with that, or you might be uh, upset at that or whatever it might be, but that is where we're going to start as a starting point for right now. So for this type of practice, 3X multiple, again, there's a sliding scale that will depend on a lot of factors more than what We can cover here today, but let's just say for the next the next step up. Okay, what if what if a practice has four hundred thousand dollars in adjusted EBITDA? Let's just say we apply a four X multiple on that practice, and again, we're going to take four hundred thousand dollars right here. Four hundred thousand dollars. We're going to multiply that by five, and we're going to say this practice has a two million dollar two million dollars in revenue. Again, that's assuming that there are twenty percent profit margin. But let's just say practices, again, the, the revenue bucket doesn't fully, doesn't fully matter. But again, EBITDA here, we're going to take $400,000 times four to come up with a very simple, this is like back of the napkin math, $400,000 times the 4X multiple. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see I'm plugging in these simple, simple multiplication formulas right here. I'm going to hit enter $400,000. If you have $400,000 approximately, $400,000 in adjusted EBITDA. And let's say your broker advisor or the buyers are submitting offers at a Forex multiple, you can expect a valuation of $1.6 million. A valuation meaning, hey, this is the purchase price. Then a whole other episode we've done before about 80 or 90 or 100% of that cash at close or 50 or 75% of the cash at close. And then there's some earn out or whatever, seller finance and some other components, seller's note, other episodes, other content. Check the show, check the channel, Dave Kittle show. Let's get into the next bucket. So let's say another practice down the road has, or a colleague of yours from PPS or whatever might be, $500,000 in adjusted EBITDA. And let's just say for easy back in the napkin math, we ascend to a 5X multiple of that. We could just assume, we could say, okay, approximately $500,000 times five, which would kind of give us that 20% profit margin if, this is assuming if they were at 20% profit a practice that might be at $2.5 million in revenue doing $500,000 in adjusted EBITDA may be able to warrant or negotiate a 5X multiple on this 500K of adjusted EBITDA. So you, your broker, your advisor, or the buy side, us or other buyers out there might say, okay, $500,000 times five, an offer or a valuation of $2.5 million for that practice. Again, sliding scale here, let's just keep going. We'll try to make this as efficient as possible. Next bucket, and we'll jump ahead soon, but let's just say the next bucket of $600,000 of adjusted EBITDA. If you have a practice out there, $600,000 of adjusted EBITDA, let's say just for argument's sake, 6X multiple on that, this practice might be, call it, so we're gonna say, if we do 20% profit margin, I practice it, down the road doing $3 million. Again, it really doesn't... It doesn't fully matter if it's one location, several locations. Obviously, the bigger these numbers get, you'd have to have a larger location, or maybe you have two or three large locations. We're looking at this company-wide, practice-wide. What is the adjusted EBITDA of this practice? So let's say down the road, there's a practice, they're doing $3 million in revenue, and they have $600,000 of adjusted EBITDA. They might fall into this bucket. You, your advisor, your broker whoever's helping you negotiate, as well as potential LOIs, letters of intent and term sheets that we're submitting or other buyers are submitting. And we say, okay, well, sixteen thousand dollars in adjusted EBITDA, they might be in that range of a six X multiple, which means, and if that's the case, the $600,000 times six, a potential valuation of that practice of 3.6 million. So you can see here, like when you have a lower multiple, the valuations might be below the revenue number. So for the first example, $1.5 million practice, $300,000 in adjusted EBITDA, 3X multiple. A lower multiple because it's smaller, there's less scale, there's more risk involved, there's less team, there's maybe less structure, less processes in place. And so evaluation of $900,000 for the $300,000 of adjusted EBITDA out of 3X multiple. Now you jump ahead a practice down the road doing $3 million in revenue. $600,000 in adjusted EBITDA might be in that range of, of 6X. Again, then you get into the practice when we're doing due diligence. And then we look at the accounts receivable. We look at how much of your practices is out of pocket or cash pay, or there's a location and parking. And is the practice easy to find? Or is the signage great and you have a great corner location or whatever? I mean, there's so many factors that go into it that'll slide you up and down the scale of the sliding scale of multiple. But again, in this ballpark, let's get into the next bucket. So, for for argument's sake, let's say let's jump ahead to eight hundred thousand dollars in adjusted EBITDA. So we're we went from six to eight, and let's call it. We're going to do two scenarios. So I'm going to say for the next two practices, say eight hundred thousand dollars in adjusted EBITDA, and let's call this. Now we're going to four million in revenue, and we're going to say at a 10%, let's say closer to like 10% profit margin. So a little leaner, a little tighter margins, you still might be at a 6X multiple. It's certainly possible, right? So then let's say, trying to minimize the public math here, folks. So I'm using using a good old spreadsheet and Google Sheets like the old Excel. So we're gonna say $800,000 times six, evaluation of 4.8 million, now at the same time let's just say comparatively if this practice improved their margins so we're going to say 4 million dollars in revenue at and I could have done another column here for profit margin but whatever let's let's just keep it going 4 million dollars in top line revenue let's say at a 20% profit margin the same adjusted ebitda number and maybe you can negotiate or apply a 7x ebitda is 7x multiple on the same number of ebitda because this profit margin is better, maybe the accounts receivable are more improved. There's you know the 90 days of accounts receivable, the 120 days of accounts receivable. Maybe those numbers are less and less, and you have better operations, better processes for billing, for revenue cycle management, all that type of stuff. Maybe so. If we say this is all the same practice, and one went you know this practice went through a transformation. They went from you know 10 percent profit margins to 20 percent profit margins. It could be. Over a year or two or, or so, that you then demonstrate to the market to the buyers out there that you actually warrant or can negotiate a higher multiple, or basically a higher valuation, but here's kind of like breaking down the math, not just like, "Hey, we want this like five or six million dollars just be, you know, because we believe that's what we're worth, breaking down the math here. So again, we'll take the 800,000 dollars, all right, times seven, and look at this difference here. So let's just say this is one practice. Both are, so this is the same practice, call it $4 million in top line revenue. And if they're doing 10% profit margins versus 20% profit margins. Now you want to be obviously closer to 20% or if possible, 25. Or if you have, again, more mobile, more home visits, less overhead components of your practice, remote programming, cash pay services, whatever it might be then maybe you're closer to 20% profit margin. And for the same adjusted EBITDA number of $800,000, you could be kind of swing between six or seven X, uh, six or seven X multiple on that 800K. And look at the difference between the valuations, 4.8 million versus 5.6 million. I mean, that's like, that's almost a million dollars in difference, $800,000 in difference because we're going from a six to a seven. So each time we're going up, it's, you know, they call it one turn, of ebitda. So going from from a 6x to a 7x is an extra $800,000 and each of these x basically means one turn of the ebitda number. Anyway, we don't have to get into the technical jargon of that. So let's just say next practice down the road in somewhere near you in the state whatever maybe they're around $900,000 in adjusted ebitda. Where might they be at? Well, they kind of are in this ballpark but let's just call it 7x. It could be more, it could be less. We're just throwing up Hypothetical numbers here, hypothetical practices, right? Let's say just for argument's sake, they're doing twenty percent profit margin. So we're going to just do twenty percent profit margin of this nine hundred thousand dollar adjusted EBITDA practice. So that means they're approximately doing four point five million in top line revenue. And let's just say if we apply a seven x multiple, then this practice nine hundred k times seven. We convert that to dollars, move the decimal point, six point three million million as a valuation. And then it's up to you and your broker. And de- depending on the strength of your practice, are you going to get 75% of that cash at close or 80 or, or 90? And usually there's a 10% holdback in general, but call it a valuation of $6.3 million in, for the value of this hypothetical practice. Let's go to the next bucket here. A million dollars in adjusted ebitda again this i'm going to just change the color if i can to this this adjusted ebitda bucket because i really want to kind of show that this so i just turn it green just again because this is really where we're this is really how we are all valuing practices the adjusted ebitda bucket this column here not so much this revenue number because again the revenue number could be like really a really big revenue number and if your margins are are tight you're still going to be in the same bucket as some of these other practices that are in the same adjusted EBITDA number that are maybe doing less revenue than you. Hopefully that makes sense. Okay, so let's just say for this practice, we're going to do that scenario again. Five million in revenue. We're going to say at the 10 percent profit margin and call it 8x and 8x multiple, as you can see, as the adjusted EBITDA increases, then the multiple. Increases so a million dollars in adjusted EBITDA that might equate a practice to being in or or warrant or negotiate an eight x multiple of that. Obviously, that's just you know a million times eight, so it's eight million dollars. And let's say that this five million dollar practice at twenty percent profit margin. So they're still in that range if if their margins are better. Maybe they're at nine, so instead of eight million, maybe they're at nine X, which would then be a nine million dollar valuation. So this is what we're seeing. This is kind of you know again, this is a little bit of a back of the napkin math because every practice is different. There's going to be so many factors. There's going to be so many factors in terms of how like marketing, how you get patients, how are you retaining patients. But I wanted to just kind of go into this. This is what we're looking at, and. Yes, inflation is still present, but less than it was a year or so ago. Interest rates are higher. So there's a cost of capital. And that cost of capital, it could be the practice's own equity out of their own bank accounts, their actual cash to buy some or all of your practice. Or it could be investors, or it could be from, from SBA loans or from debt instruments. I mean, even the biggest companies, USPH, one of there's like two public, publicly traded physical therapy practices or, or physical therapy companies in the nation and USPH is one of them and i think it was earlier this year or last year and everything is public so a lot of their filings and all their information is public and they had two different transactions where they took out two forms of debt and it, it either totaled 350 million or it was like 100 million and 200 something million or something like that i can't recall if it was at or around 300 million but it was a lot of money and they're a publicly traded company and they basically can just use they can use debt like everyone else like Anyone that's watching or listening that has a house or a car and they finance the car or you you have a mortgage for your house or your, your condo or whatever it might be, and you're financing that over time into the future, same type of thing. Even the biggest of companies, even the biggest of corporates out there might use debt to acquire your practice or other practices out there. And we are looking to use the same type of thing. It doesn't really matter, but like I'm saying, I'm just saying, I'm saying because... Cost of capital is a little bit higher now because interest rates are higher. So therefore, there's more, there's higher dollar amounts of interest payments. And therefore, you can expect potentially lower offers this year than 2021 and 2022. And now as we kind of move into 2024, maybe things will change. But this back in the napkin math is kind of a a straightforward, appropriate structure. There's a lot of brokers and advisors that would maybe agree to some of this. And maybe they disagree to some other things that I've said. You got to take this with a grain of salt. And your practice might kind of fit into this bucket somewhere. And there's a lot of folks reaching out about asking me questions about cash pay out of pocket or out of network practices versus in-network practices. And do the valuations change? Or are they similar or what? I mean, it really, it really depends. But yes, cash practices might might get a little bit of a boost of valuations, maybe compared to this, because they don't have the accounts receivable and they just they have patients that pay the full amount with their credit card or debit card at the time of service. And that money hits their bank account and hits the practice's bank account in three to five days, instead of 30 days, 60 days, whatever it might be of healthcare payment and reimbursement. So does that factor into it? Yeah, it certainly does. But there's not a lot of cash practices that have scale. And so therefore, a lot of these valuations, a lot of a lot of these brokers and advisors are kind of all interacting with a lot of practices that are in-network which have the revenue cycle management and plateaued reimbursement and all those considerations and all those things. But again, at the end of the day, comment below, uh, subscribe to the Dave Kittle Show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, but on YouTube, comment below. Let me know what you liked about this. Let me know where I'm completely wrong. Let me let me know where I'm out of line and that you're maybe pissed or whatever because you think your practice is worth more or whatever. Uh, you certainly can email me privately or reach out to me directly. If you don't want to have anything public, as well and if you see this on linkedin comment below let me know if i'm right if i'm wrong if i'm out of line let me know but at the end of the day this is approximately how your practice could be valued in the marketplace right now 2023 2024 subscribe to the dave kittle show on youtube we'll catch you next time here on the show bye now thanks hey it's dave kittle are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy we might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at Dave at concierge pain That's D-A-V-E at C O N C I E R G E painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646 781 8884